What's going on guys? Welcome back to my parents office. I'm your host Andrew Diaz and today I've got with me Austin Apostle. How you doing Austin? Pretty good Andrew. Yourself? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, what'd you do today? Just watch some football? Uh, just woke up violently hungover and uh, basically gambled on football games. It's not too right bad. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just recovering, recovering. Yeah. Day after Halloween can be pretty brutal. So Yeah, definitely. So uh, let's get right into it. Um, so you're a comedian. Um, Brett was telling me you've done upwards of 20 shows over COVID. Uh, yeah, well, mics, I should say. Yeah. Okay. Like probably... I just did a few shows this past week. They are very random ones. I did one uh, Wednesday, or no, Thursday I did Branford, North Branford, called uh, some bar, Bar 80 it was called. Okay. And then Friday I did Elbow Room, and then last Saturday, oh, Elbow Room, West Hartford. Okay. I say that like fucking everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, Saturday I did like a very bizarre show. It was like a... I was excited because it was like my first paid gig and my uh-huh. buddy put me on the spot. It's like 10 minutes and uh, it was at some like old ladies part, like Halloween party or some <laughs> shit. So I show up and there's like 30 old ladies cocked, dressed up in Halloween costumes. That's, oh my God. that's pretty funny though. Yeah, it was, it was wild. It was quite the experience. Now, uh, how did you really get into comedy uh, starting off? Um, I don't know. I like, I guess... Yeah, I could definitely pinpoint one time where I, like, thought about doing it, because I, yeah. like, I didn't grow up, like, all about comedy or watching stand-up and stuff right. like that, but, like, actually, it was my brother's wedding, I don't know, Brett was there, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I did the, a, a best man speech, and for some reason, uh-huh. I made a point to, like, memorize it, and it was, like, four minutes or something like that, which is, ironically, what, like, an open mic time is, usually, like, four or five. Yeah, that's a pretty long like time, that. especially remembering a speech like that, where it's, yeah. it's pretty important, so yeah. you don't want to mess it up, but... Right, so, yeah, so I did that, and it went well, and I don't know, just a feeling of people laughing when you're up there, just saying some shit that you wrote down on a piece of paper, mm-hmm. like, from when it goes from, like, paper to audience, or just off the top of your head, and people are laughing. I don't know, something about that is what got me thinking about doing it. Mm-hmm. And then, like, for six months, I think I was just, like, writing, trying to write jokes, trying to figure out how to even do that. Yeah. And then uh, and then I started, like, I think I was, like, 20, almost 27. I think it was, like, May of 20, it's 2020, so maybe May of 2018, I think. Okay. Something like that. That's pretty cool. So I've been doing it for, like, two years, I guess. Did you have any comedians that, I know you said you didn't really watch a lot of stand-up, but when you mm-hmm. started getting into it, did you have guys that you watched or listened to? Uh, like their stand-up routines? Oh, yeah. Um, people always ask me who my favorite comedian is, but I feel yeah. like that's like asking like a favorite band. Like, I can't right, there's, just because one. there's so many different styles. Yeah, like, yeah. And but, uh, if you're like a newer and older guy. So. Right, right. Uh, I can list off definitely a handful of people that I'm into. Um, Louis C.K., Dave okay. Chappelle for like big names. Yeah. I like uh, Bill Burr, Cat Williams. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nate Bargatze, who's... A little oh, lesser yeah. known, clean comic from Tennessee, he's hilarious, his timing is hilarious. Uh, and then Sebastian Maniscalco, you know who that is? Yeah, yeah, so okay. He's just, he's, he's very animated. They all have like a, one thing that like highlights how hilarious they are, so. Right. I mean, Chappelle's just, yeah, Chappelle's he, he's just, the GOAT, he's yeah. one of the greatest comedians of all time, he's, pretty much, yeah. he's awesome. And he's prolific, like he's, he can be silly as hell, but he, like, he can be, he can turn a switch. Exactly, yeah, yeah. He's, he, he's awesome. Well. I just watched his, uh. Uh, he had like those combo specials that came out a few years ago. It was like 
Bird Revelation or something like that. Equi- mm-hmm. I don't know. There's two specials that came out at once. I forgot the name of them. But. Yeah. I mean, Ch- Chappelle Show just came to Netflix, too. Really? Yeah. To, I didn't I even think, know that. No, I think November 1st, it came to uh, Netflix, like, all the seasons of it. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. Honestly, that's how I was a big fan of Chappelle. Not even the yeah. stand-up. And then, like, when he came back, that's when I started watching his stand-up and all his old mm-hmm. stand-up and stuff like that. But That's why I found, like, a lot of the guys I listen to. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a Daniel Tosh fan and Anthony Jeselnik fan. Yeah. And Chappelle, so, like, I found them all through, like, their Comedy Central shows. Right, right. And then right. I realized, I'm like, oh, they do stand-up. So I'd listen yeah, to yeah. those, watch those specials, and really get into it. Yeah. Now, uh, what what makes you like Louis C.K.? Because I'm not a huge Louis C.K. fan. Uh, like, I don't know. It's something about him. Or? I think it's just something about when he, like, started jerking off in front of women. I'm like, dude, this <laughs> guy is fucking hilarious. You know, he's nailing it right now. So that's when I started getting big in the hand. <laughs> No, I uh, I don't know. He just honestly with with him, he just makes me laugh the most. Just his like outrageous shit he says. I just feel like that's and that's. I try not to like copy some of the because I think like when you're starting out, you, you automatically copy the people that you. Like, yeah, I feel like that's idolize. difficult to not do. Right. Like I mean, you obviously don't want to do word for word, but you want to copy. Yeah. You want to copy the people you like their style and how right, they right. do stuff. Or like even how like he'll structure a joke or something like that, or I don't know. I don't know, he's just funny. That's like Chappelle. I remember he did, in one of the specials, he's like, I'm going to tell you like the three stories of the time I met OJ, and yeah. just spread them out all through his yeah. special. So like, he'd do one of the stories, then tell like three or four jokes, and then, so the second time I met OJ, and like the time, you, you forget he said it before that he was going right. to tell you the stories about it, and then, so like with him, it's just all about when he fits these little jokes in. He did that kind of with his, that special I just watched with the, uh, Something about like, oh, I pull my punchlines out of a fishbowl, and then he ends it with like kicker and a pussy or something uh, that, like that. Like yes, he yes, completely yes. derails. He says he's gonna do it, and then he derails your attention yeah, he for said, like ten minutes. He, he says tags. at the beginning, he goes, "I'm gonna end this joke with yeah, kicker and the pussy." Yeah. And then he, he goes off for like two or three minutes just talking about nothing, and yeah. then <laughs> ends it with that. And but even when he was talking about nothing, he was like adding like funny like tags and shit, so people were still engaged and laughing. And then he just throws it out, kicker and a pussy on my ass. <laughs> It's so it's ridiculous to call something like that genius because you're saying kicker and a pussy, but it really was. It was like the structure that Joe was. Because he, he gets you so off of it, right. where you just forget that he told you he's going to do it, and yeah, then yeah. he comes right back to it. So, yeah. and I think he even mentioned like you're not even gonna know where it hits either. Like, and, and dude's fucking right. That's yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, so your first stand-up gig, were you wicked nervous for it? Was it like butterflies? Were you, or were you just? Did you get up there and were you calm, cool, collected? Uh, no, shit in my pants. Yeah. I still do sometimes. Like I, I mean, first time on stage was an open mic, so like they're used to seeing you know fucking people bomb, crazy ass people, or like collect. You'd be amazed. I'm surprised there's not more open mic shootings as some of the people that you meet here. Do. It's like <laughs> like borderline clinically depressed, crazy people sometimes. Yeah. And then. Yeah, so I, I was definitely nervous going up there, but um, I think I just, like, drank a few beers. I, my first open mic was at a CT Comedy Theater okay. in uh, Hartford, Connecticut. Okay. They don't do it anymore because, I don't know, I forgot, but I think some white comic dropped a bunch of N-bombs, so that's... Pulled a Kramer. Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty yeah. much, yeah. So they don't they shut that shit down. Jesus, but, that's brutal. I know. 
it was it kind of sucked it's like that was my first mic and i loved the setting it was like a theater almost mm. so i was usually a good audience people are like engaged a good setting for telling jokes cause... yeah it's not just like you're at a bar or something yeah. where people aren't watching you or just right. can tune in and out yeah which i mean they're just like fuck yeah. i've been to several bars where no one gives a shit what you have to say yeah and like why should that you know what i mean like i'm just a random ass guy that's like yeah i can make you laugh like flare like right right <laughs> like it's so it's kind of like on me to get their attention to get them to want to listen to mm-hmm. me you know what i mean absolutely so um, still working on all that of course but do you have like a really bad bombing story where it was just like a crowd didn't engage with you and it was just you tell a joke and there was no laughs. Just really too many. Really? <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, that's regular. Like, I didn't realize what goes into, like, trying like I, trying to be a comic. Yeah. I didn't realize what goes into it. Like, you How have to grind. Actually... Yeah, yeah. Like, they say there's some rule of thumb, like, it takes 10 years to make a comedian or something, which I don't know if that's 100% accurate because there's been people that have proven it doesn't take 10 years. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a good idea. Like, it's definitely a marathon, not a race. So, gotcha. like, I still, I'll still go up and bomb. If I'm doing some new shit that I have no idea it's going to work, yeah, I'll still eat a bag of dicks up there. But I think one of the worst times was because I don't, like, I don't go up on stage, like, high or drunk or anything mm-hmm. like that. Like, I, I mean, I'll drink, like, a beer just because yeah. sometimes at open mics you have to, you know, buy a beer or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, one time I ate uh, a good amount of edibles <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> I was like, getting to the, I was like calculating out in my head, like I'm like, alright, well I'm going to eat these, they're going to kick in in about an hour, and then by then I'll be off stage, my set will be over, and I'll be able to like enjoy the rest of the show or whatever. Right. And that did not pan out, I got there, and uh, the thing didn't even start yet, so like I ate, I already ate the edibles, and I'm sitting there freaking out, like looking at my phone, like damn, this, hopefully this starts pretty soon, and of course, like it kicked in before it started, so I just went up there. And this is how insane, like, like, I'm sitting there in, like, some, it was, like, a hookah bar or something like that. Yeah. I'm sitting there, like, just petrified about going up there, because I'm, like, high and paranoid. And then I'm thinking, um, uh, like, I'm thirsty, but I'm, like, looking around, like, oh, I, I don't want to ask anybody for a drink. That would be insane. So, so, <laughs> so I went into the bathroom and drank out of the faucet like a crazy <laughs> asshole. <laughs> And then I went on stage and talked about it, and then, like, that actually got a laugh, because, uh, I don't know, just being high and honest and giggly, whatnot. Yeah. Uh, but then after that, it was just... It was tough. Yeah. It was just like, all right. I could feel him, like, trying to mind-will me off the stage. That was, like, the other, like, a Chappelle joke. When he was in Detroit, I guess he got really high. Yeah, And yeah. gets on stage, and they're all screaming, they're like... Fuck you, Dave Chappelle. Like, give us our money back. I Yeah, I always heard it's a... Tr- didn't he do that in, like, Hartford, too? He did that in Hartford, yeah, too, but he, say. like, went off on the crowd, I guess. He was, yeah. like, pissed at the crowd and was, like, going back at them, so... I think one of my buddies was actually at that show. I forgot who it was, but... That's crazy, though, like, even, like, the greatest comedians, yeah. they still have their moments where they right. bomb, so... Right. But, like, your bombings get, like... Like, their bombing is a completely different level. Like, yeah. Their bomb, if I would kill to, to, to get, get a, a Dave Chappelle like bomb yeah. right now. <laughs> like, their bombing is still fucking probably killing. Now, uh, Brett just told me to ask you about the Thrill Mill. Thrill Mill. What the hell? Oh, the show at the Thrill Mill. Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a good show. That was before COVID. Okay. I, would, I felt like I was picking up some uh, momentum before COVID. Like, I started going to Mike's. Because I think before COVID, I was like a year and a half in. And um, I was just like 
you know, consistently going like five, six mics a week, and then uh, yeah, I feel like once you start going, it's yeah, like anything, like you get into a rhythm where you just yeah. more comfortable being up there. Right. It's like a I always call it, it's like a big momentum game, like because mm-hmm. it's almost like the gym. Like that's what an open mic is. You're out there working out and grinding, and like the minute you miss a day, it's easy to keep missing more days. Like yep. if my options were, oh, I want to stay home and get high, or you know, go to some random basement in Hartford and maybe make like seven strangers laugh. Yeah. I'm always going to want to get high, but, like, you have to, like, push yourself to break through that no, I grind or whatever. But um, I don't know how I derailed off to that from the thrill mill. But the thrill mill was, like, <laughs> that was, like, one of my first shows, I think. And, uh, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. What, that one went well? Yeah, there, and there was a good crowd, too, because it's actually uh, my brother-in-law, Scott, brought, like, a bunch of people from work, so... Me alone was, like, responsible for, like, 20 people there. That's awesome. That's and, a great feeling. Yeah, and then, like, there was probably, like, 70 people total. It was in such a weird place. It was, like, a indoor park, I think they call it, which is... Was it in the, Connecticut? No, in um, uh, East Hampton. Oh, okay, okay. Like, right near, um, uh, I think there's a dispensary near there, and then there's, like, some, like, game thing, like a old-school gaming, like, NCAA. Oh, I know I where, yeah, where yes, yes, I know where that is. Yeah. Um... I can't think of the name of the place. It's like an old arcade and like a bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's pretty, that's awesome though. That, that was a big show. Yeah, no, it was pretty, pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't done a horrible at a show yet, thank God. I, I mean, relatively speaking, I guess mm-hmm. I should say. <laughs> you haven't had any booze. No booze yet, no, no. Okay, so you're, you're still doing good. That's... Yeah, well, I'm hoping, like, I can now, like, I'm like describe myself as like a writer that like forces myself to perform mm-hmm. so I love writing jokes but okay. now I need to like get better at just off the cuff like talking with like the audience like getting into just... getting personal with the crowd exactly yeah 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 okay so that's what I'm that's like my next step right there cause now I'm pretty confident I can write solid jokes and then mm-hmm. keep getting better at that but now typically like how long is one of your sets if you do an open mic just a random one like you were doing mm-hmm. I used to like five six times a week Mm-hmm. Typically, how long were those open mics? Uh, I think usually like five minutes. That's not too bad. No. How many yeah. jokes would you get off in that time? Um, I have no idea. Depends. I guess I'd try to shoot for at least a couple, couple of jokes in a minute. I guess you know, just to not mm-hmm. complete. I don't want like a setup that's too long, and then you know, you lose the attention of the audience. But, right, uh, right, where it just becomes... Yeah, especially... Like you're telling a story instead of telling a joke. Yeah, and people's, you know, attention spans are smaller than ever now, so it's like, yeah, you have to, like, catch your attention quickly. So I really, I have no idea how um, many jokes in five minutes, but... Yeah. Try to do as many as possible, basically, mm-hmm. that's the goal. Just just power through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's been, like, one of your favorite venues to do in Connecticut... Um, I actually like the Elbow Room. Elbow Room in West Hartford. Okay. Um, I used to like CT, but I never did uh, CT Comedy Theater. I never did shows there, though. Um, I would say probably right now I like the big fan of the Elbow Room. I just did a show there Friday in the... It's like, uh, they have like a, just, it's like a comedy club setting in the basement. That's what I like about it. It's not like a bar where you're just like standing... In the middle of the fucking bar. Gotcha. Okay. Just screaming over So there's TVs. like a stage for you there. Yeah, yeah, where you yeah, can yeah. actually. Is that it right there? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty nice. Yeah. That's pretty cool. 
Now, I want to hear a little bit more about the uh, old lady Halloween party, How, what that whole experience was like. Because <laughs> we touched on that just a little bit. I want to hear what the whole party was like, what the atmosphere was like for that. It was actually, like, when I first got there, I heard opera or, like, somebody sang karaoke opera. So I was yep. like, what the fuck am I walking into right now? Right. And, um... Then you I said get your, there. Your buddy booked you for this, right? Yeah, yeah he go, he actually goes to the Elbow. I think he's hosting uh, the Elbow Room open mic on this okay. Wednesday. But uh, he's the one that put me on, and I was like all pumped up and everything. And uh, I don't think he really knew what he like it was gonna be either. Mm. <laughs> but uh, I get there, and like I said, it was like thirty old ladies like dressed up in costumes, and they're cocked. Like I remember, I was there for like two minutes, and some lady walked up. She's like, "I'm eighty or something." Like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. Okay, like this lady's 80. I'm like, oh, that's sweet. None of my jokes are going to make you laugh. Great. Like, thanks for letting me know. But uh, it was just a bizarre setup, too, because it was like outside and like, it was like the house is gorgeous. It was like a rich um, house in Farmington, I think. Okay. I think that's where it was. But, uh, you know, they had a bunch of food. They had a table with like Patron and champagne and wine. I'm like, Jesus. oh, yeah, help yourself. I'm like, oh, sick. But I, you know, the old ladies like were getting after it. Yeah, oh, they were going like, ham. Crazy. They were going ham, all right. Yeah, that's but great it, to see, though. Yeah, it was produced pretty funny, and I had I did all right. I did fine, I guess, considering like considering your crowd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's and, awesome. And like, it was hard to, cause like we stopped karaoke, <laughs> which was a big hit, and we're like, oh, all right, oh, now okay. you guys are gonna listen to us tell jokes. So it was kind of hard to like, it was in the middle of a party too. So like. The stage was, like, say, right here, mm -hmm. but there was a pool right in front of me, so I'm yep. not looking forward. I have to keep looking right and left, because that's where people are sitting. Yep. So it's, you know, there's a reason why they make comedy clubs the way they do, you know, like, for the acoustics to, you know. Right. So it was just kind of tough to tell how good I was doing while I was in it. But gotcha. Li yeah. Listened afterwards, and it went, eh, went all right. Now, do you tape all of your, uh, yeah, your sets? Yeah. For the most part, unless I know it's going to be, like, if, if I'm performing in front of, like, two people at a sad open mic. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm like, you know what, like, I don't, my spirit can't handle listening to this. I'm not going to fucking tape record it. So, uh, but for the most part, yeah, I try to record every set and then just, like, listen back, which is easily, in my opinion, the hardest thing to do. I hate listening to my own sets. Like, That's it's, what it's like listening to this. I listen to my first episode and I'm like... I do not like my voice. Yeah. You know, it's weird listening to your own voice on recording and then yeah, yeah. trying to listen to what you just did. I can imagine with comedy, like you're listening to your jokes. And, and then you yeah, and then there's, you, you say the punchline and then there's just nothing and you're like, oh, I, I feel like I'm like reliving it. Mm -hmm. But on the opposite end of the spectrum, if you tell a great joke and you, you get, get a great a response laugh. and like I'll listen to that shit over and over and over again just because it's like that's awesome, great feeling. But Now when but, you get like a room with two or three people mm -hmm. do you look at that as like a time to practice like your off-the-cuff stuff instead of doing like yeah. the jokes you have written yeah. that you've done probably a couple times before that right yeah for the most part like if it's uh or i'm trying to start doing i have mm -hmm. done it a good amount of times but i'm like trying to get better at doing that i just think it's a matter of just forcing myself to do it and just trusting my instincts as opposed to just going up there and rattling off some like the same joke yeah just yeah, having yeah. like a pretty much like a list in your head yeah, yeah where you can just instead you can go off the cuff and interact more with the audience so. exactly yeah i try to like if someone says something or you know 
or something like someone drops a glass, like I'm, I, you have to say you something. You have to address it. You, you, you can't just not. You can't act like it didn't happen. Not if like somebody's chirping you, maybe like. Yeah, yeah, but um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a time where I, I did something funny. It was like there was this old guy that was talking during a, a open mic or something like that, and I'm like, I told him thank you for coming out and everything like that, and I'm like, I know you had a busy day buying Pennsylvania Railroad because you fucking looked old <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> So, like, little shit like that, I'll make, like, a comment here and there, but... That's um, pretty good. I don't, like, go out of the way to talk to the audience, which mm-hmm. I should start doing just to get, like, better at it. Because, like, some comedians, like, I listen, like I said, Anthony Jessel, like, he'll go yeah. out of the way to, wherever he is, he'll find, like, ask what people do, and then just right. attack them for that, whatever it may be. Right. And so, some people it works for, some people it doesn't, like, mm-hmm. so just some people in the crowd just won't interact, which... If you're at a comedy show why aren't you yeah, yeah, yeah interacting like that's what you're you're there to do you're there to laugh you're there to have a good time right right which uh, i don't know <laughs> and you know if they get a few beers in them they definitely react a lot uh, well, definitely a lot have but, you ever had a crowd that's been like just obnoxious when you've been up there like too drunk maybe or um well i mean like not listening I, like actually the show i just did in um Nick Branford, I think it was, mm-hmm. last or this past Thursday. Um, it was sort of like that because it was in a bar where like half the people knew, um, like there was a comedy show there. So there's like 30 people listening, ready for the comedy show. But then like I think a bunch of townies or something must have saw that the bar was you know popping, oh. and then they came in and just got so hammered. They were there so just like, to drink, didn't know yeah, the comedy exactly. show was going on. So like so it was kind of messed right. everything up. Where the people yeah. that really were there for comedy show right like you couldn't hear either like i didn't realize that until i got off stage that like if you're sitting so many tables back you literally can barely hear the comedian because oh. there was so much like chatter going on it's not like it was like one table it's where you could just address it tell them to shut up or whatever mm-hmm. it was literally the all bar. over the bar so like i don't know that i was sitting there th- like after my set i was sitting there watching the other comedians deal with that as well and i'm trying to th- i was like trying to think of like what is a good way to like I would be, I would everybody's be kind of pissed attention. about that. Honestly. Oh yeah, I was pretty pissed, but I mean, it was still a good. Like the people that were paying attention, like they're enjoying themselves, they're laughing, at everything. That's good. But yeah, no, I was like, I can literally hear like I was up there. It was just like all these different conversations mm-hmm. going on. But do you typically stay for like the rest of the comedians that go on during the open mics? Yeah, for the most part, unless I got like something to do or mm-hmm. I know work is going to be rough in the morning or something like that. Have you ever listened to a comedian that's done like the open mic and you've picked up stuff from them? Is that t- like a typical thing that happens? Um, what do you mean, pick up? Like, you listen to them and like you think of something they said, mm-hmm. um, like like their style of it, uh, uh, the way they tell a joke, like deliver a joke. Have you Has that ever happened where you've just been in the crowd at one of the open mics after you've performed? And like I got an idea from them, yeah, from their kinda, set? Yeah, yeah. Um... Not that I can think of. I don't think so. I try to, if they're already tackling a topic, I try to, unless it's a topic that everybody's trying to tackle, like right. jerking off or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every, <laughs> Which every, is, every comedian has a good solid 10 jerking off minutes or something like that. But, uh, I mean, like you said, Louis C.K. has been doing it for a while. Yeah, so. yeah he's killing the game. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't, I don't think so. Not that I can think of. I'll, I'll like sit there and be like, that's clever joke. Like I try to make a point, um, uh, when I do see a comedian have like a great set to point out a joke that that I thought was funny, because it's easy to be like, "Oh, mm-hmm. good set," and like 
you know, people, I've said that to people and not even watched their set. And I know well, damn well people have done that to like, me. Yeah, so like... It's like a good game saying to somebody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, so I just make a point to, like, point out a good joke. But I don't know if I've gotten many ideas, like, that derived from other mm-hmm. people's sets. Gotcha, I gotcha. Now, do you usually just do shows in, like, the Western Mass and Connecticut area? Um, I mean, as, as of right now, I'm pretty much just... You know, taking what I can get. I mean, I know right now it's def- definitely yeah. difficult, but yeah, yeah. Um, what do you? What are your hopes for the future with comedy? Um, I guess to be able to get paid to make a living doing it is really it. Okay. So like, I don't have to keep doing my day job. What's your day job right now? An accountant for like hedge funds. Okay. So it's pretty gay. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not. Where'd you go to school? Uh, Eastern. Well, I went to Nuntuck okay. Community College, and then mm-hmm. I transferred to Eastern. Gotcha, gotcha. So you're not too big on being an accountant. It's. I mean, it pays the bills. It's like I'm good with numbers and analyze. Like I yeah. always overanalyze shit, which is sometimes good, sometimes is, bad. Yeah. yeah, but uh, it's just really dry and boring. Like I don't, you know. That's what I'm taking at. an accounting class now at school. So yeah. it's, it's. I feel like I, I I'm seeing it right now firsthand. It's. Yeah, it's dry. It's, it's boring. It's, it's it's tedious. I think I started because it, like it's a job that's in demand. Like you could literally go all over the world and be an accountant. Yeah, pretty like much. Every, yeah, it's everywhere you go. Once you graduate, every company needs an accountant. Right, right, right. So you'll have that career pretty much set up anywhere you go. Yeah, I more so did it or pursued it because I didn't even go. I went to school for finance, but okay. I admired in accounting. And then like this job is kind of finance and accounting. Mm-hmm. Because um, it's an investment accounting, technically, is what they call it. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, but yeah, I guess I just took it just because I needed a job. <laughs> I gotcha. And it paid because it's the most money I'm going to make right now, at least. So It's not bad. I'll take it. All Still right. very boring. I'm working from home right now, though, so hopefully that continues. Is that not you like that? Oh, yeah. I know some people that they've been at home and hate it, and some people that just don't want to go back to the office yeah. whatsoever. Well, I feel like those people that hate it are the ones that have kids. I mean, other, other, oh, than, yeah, yeah. other than that, I don't know why the fuck you would hate wake Oh, I gotta wake up and go to my desk, damn it. Still in your pajamas and sweatpants <laughs> yeah, like, and how stuff is, like that. I will never understand like why you wouldn't like working from home. I don't get it. It's like, oh, I really wanted to drive into work today <laughs> and be in traffic. Like, so if you work in, like, Hartford or something, like, driving yeah, that exactly. traffic, yeah. And, and my commute was only, like, 10 minutes, like, and, you still, and I, yeah, still, yeah. I was still, <laughs> like, fuck this, man. But, uh, yeah, no word on going back in the office yet, so. Fingers crossed, maybe it's the end of the year, at least. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping they don't call us back in the middle of the winter, how depressing that would be, though. Be scraping off my windshield at seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you'd rather be going back like come springtime when yeah, there's yeah. no snow on the ground and right, right, right. You'll be able to just walk out your door and get going. Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> or um, never again. That'd be even better. But what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, that would be that. That's ideal. Yeah. But uh, on that note, um, I'm just gonna wrap up our interview. All right. Um, where can we find you on social media? Where can we find your account? Uh, not accounting information. Uh, your comedy information. Jeez. Um, my, uh, that pretty much I just have Instagram right now. Okay. So it's, I think it's just Austin Apostle. Okay. Damn, I should have checked that, but it's, I think it's just Austin Apostle, on Instagram, and then uh, that's pretty much it. I'm not on Facebook. How do you like? Do you just show up at open mics? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean... Uh, like, you'll find out about them and then... Yeah, I usually find out about them either through other comics or through social media. Okay, cool, cool. So, and then uh, I got to get better at, like, posting my shows and dates on Instagram, but that's where it would be. All right, yeah, so it... I think it's just Austin. Just it is Austin Austin, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be okay. posting it anyway. What? I'll be posting it anyway. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Um, But, yeah, it was great for you coming on. I'd love to have you come on in the future. Absolutely. Um, Hopefully, once mics get more consistent and stuff mm-hmm. like that, uh, you can come on and we can talk again. I really enjoyed you coming on. Thanks, man. Thank I appreciate you. it. Thank you so much. Take it easy. Thank you guys for listening to The Office. Um, tune in next time. Uh, we'll be bringing you more content. So, uh, thank you guys. Have a good one.